The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. And the clock is running. we got 60 minutes. Let's get going. Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Good stuff on the way. Ask Annex. We're always open for any questions you've got, client or not. Should you spend now or wait until retirement? That's one of them. Home equity in lieu of rising rates. And then what are good HSA alternatives? That and a whole lot more. I'm Danny Clayton, Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer. Welcome. Thank you, Danny. Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to you. Welcome to you, and uh, welcome to all the investors. Of course, the market rallied into Memorial Day weekend, and thank goodness, because we had had seven down weeks in a row, but we broke that streak this week, Derek. Oh, we certainly did with a vengeance. The S&P, the NASDAQ, and small caps all closing up about 6% for the week. The 10-year yield actually declined a little bit to 27 and three, and the VIX finally started to give up some ground now in the mid-20s. Right, and the VIX, of course, uh, the fear indicator, and started to come back down. And again, on Friday, we had uh, an inflation number that perhaps suggested that inflation is starting to peak, and it's called the PCE, the Personal Consumption Expenditure, and that came out on Friday. Right, that is the Fed's favorite inflation gauge. They've they've said that any number of times. On a year-over-year basis, it fell from 5.2% to 4.9%. So that does potentially reinforce something we've been saying for a while here, that we thought inflation was peaking, but we certainly know there is still a long way to go to the Fed's 2% target. Yeah, which of course course is way away from that. That PCE number, of course, is a number that that we look at. And of course, you read the headline inflation number, the CPI, and that, of course, is higher. But that comes into how we invest in portfolios. And that means that oil stocks, of course, oil still over $110 a barrel, Oil stocks have been doing well, and energy as a sector has been doing well. Right. The energy sector has been leading the markets all year. In fact, it was the only sector up on the year last week. And this week, the XLE, which is the ETF most widely followed in energy, was up 8%. So again, the energy stocks continue to do well as they benefit from higher and higher oil prices. And you know, you go to the pump, and a year ago, you know, nationally, the average is about $3.20. Today, it's in the high four. So that's a 50% increase in gas, and that hurts. We know that that hurts, and no one wants to do that. But we're starting to look at numbers, for example, like the PCE number coming down and real estate numbers we're looking at. That's starting to moderate as well when we saw new housing starts down more than 16%. And, of course, we knew there was a housing uh, bubble as well. So as all of the air starts to get let out of the bubble, that is a good thing. And, and Danny, you know, you're a cyclist, and you know when you fill up these tires, it takes a long time, right? Well, it's a high-pressure thing, too, but it does. You get a good pump. Right, yeah, but we, right. right. so when you take the air out, it comes out quickly. So it'll take time for this thing to, to pump back up. But these are the numbers that we're looking at. And the last thing I want to point out economically, Derek, is what's happening with the U.S. dollar because that plays into inflation. Right. The dollar has weakened recently after making all-time highs. In fact, many people were thinking it may go to parity against the euro dollar. So weakness in the dollar is probably a little bit helpful, as well as some of the other things we've seen. Lumber prices, for example, are now 50% off their peak. Uh, We know auto prices are starting to come down as well as availability improves. We know the bottlenecks 
at L.A. Harbor have also started to diminish. Uh, so there are a lot of positive things going on. The question is, what will the Fed do about it? I mean, they basically telegraphed this week that they're looking to tight rates twice by 50 basis points. But some suggest they may do wait and see in the fall as we see what the effect of their policies has brought. Right. So there's going to be two rate hikes that they've told us about. And so we're going to have to see what happens with inflation if it starts to mitigate. In fact, folks, don't forget that there is an election in November, too. So we'll probably start to see something out of Congress or the White House to try to get some things going as well. But this is a really important point. I want people to remember this. Today, we're trading at 4,000, more than 4,000 in the S&P 500. If you go back to February of 20, before the pandemic hit, the S&P was trading at 3,400. And then, of course, it dropped all the way down to 2,300 into March 23rd. But, you know, from where we were, even before the pandemic, we are higher. And that's something that folks have got to keep in perspective, that we've come a long way. And that's the reason why what's in your portfolio is really important, Danny. Dave Spano, our president and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Derek Felsky is our chief investment officer. If you came in late on that, Week in Review will be in the Axiom, which is our weekly newsletter. You can sign up for that at AnnexWealth.com. Folks, you work with Annex Wealth Management, you're going to put a team on your side. Experience, smart, nimble, ready. No running around to different providers. Investment, retirement, tax, and estate plan. Put the Annex team to work on your side. Work with a fee-only fiduciary. It's Memorial Day weekend on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back, 92.5 Fox News. Sure, there are market updates, but learn something new and interesting with the Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. We'll go beyond the usual topics and dig in deep on developing and breaking stories. Catch them all on Spotify. Search Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. You can set your own appointment. The power of the Annex Wealth Management team is going to build a plan for you. It's going to factor in your entire investment, retirement, and tax plan. We can help answer those questions like, how am I doing? Or more importantly, what am I missing? It's AnnexWealth.com. Derek Felsky in the studio. Chief Investment Officer, Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks, Danny. You know, Derek, all your buddies were out playing golf on Friday afternoon, and you and I were here pounding away before the long weekend. But we thought it was really important because the markets really did a nice job uh, rallying into the close. And at the end of the day, you know, the P and the E are very important. You hear, you know, hear us talking about P-E ratios all the time, but the P, of course, is price divided by earnings. And right now, the numerator has changed significantly. Yeah, if you think about it, when we began the year, the S&P was trading at 21 times forward earnings. And those forward earnings expectations are basically where they were at the beginning of the year. But that P.E. has dropped nearly 30 percent to close to 16. So the valuation on equities has become much more uh, attractive than it was at the beginning of the year. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, we talk about the fear and greed index. We talk about the VIX. We talk about low levels of cash or high levels of cash in the case of institutional portfolio managers, retail pessimism and all like it as contrary indicators because historically assets have a value and when you get to points where fair value seems to be present, that's when you really want to think you're approximating a bottom. I'm not suggesting we made a bottom last Monday, but it certainly is a possibility and as such you want to be in position to take advantage of it, which I think we did quite effectively this yeah, week. Yeah, and I think so as well. You know, a lot of folks come in and they scratch their heads or you talk to them around town and they go, boy, I just 
don't understand what's happening with the market. But at the end of the day, a company earns something. And if, you know, if you have earnings and we can look at it and you have profitability, we can look at it. Now, there's a lot of companies that you often joke about that they trade at multiples of revenue with no earnings. So how do you value a company like that? But we look at fundamentals and we say, all right, what are the earnings? Have the earnings accelerated? And we saw a number of reports even this past week. For example, Costco came out and their same store sales increased significantly. Right. Costco has been a big winner. We also heard great reports from both Macy's and Williams-Sonoma, which suggests that the higher end retailers are doing quite well. Perhaps their clients are not as affected by the higher gasoline prices as those that go to Target or Walmart. But generally speaking, that's why you have to do the bottom up fundamental work because not all companies are equal, even if they are in the same sector. Well, you know, it's not Target, it's Target. It's the it's upper end clients. I don't know. You're trying to insult the Target. I go to Target. Come on now, man. But listen, you're, there is P and there's the E and that comes out every quarter, those earnings reports. And so those earnings reports just ended for last quarter. We look forward to July when the next round of earnings come out. So there's likely going to be some volatility and digesting of these major gains that we made this week between now and the next earnings season. Absolutely. And one of the things we also focus on are margins. You know, I've always said that as long as margins are improving, you don't really have to worry about a significant stock market decline. But in some cases, margins have actually started to roll over. The reason earnings estimates for the S&P collectively remain roughly unchanged from the beginning of the year is because of the energy sector, where they're seeing incredible year-over-year earnings growth. So again, a much more selective tactical approach is warranted on a sector basis. And so you think about sectors that are doing well, and if you're playing at home and trading yourself, for example, you know, we look at the 11 major sectors, and some of them are doing very well. You highlighted two of them. You talked about energy, and you talked about discretion. And when you look at the chart, those are the two ends of the parameters, but there's still stuff in the middle, for example, financials and medically related companies have done well as well. Healthcare has held up very well. I've always tended to like the healthcare sector primarily because it has growth characteristics, but also is re- tends to be reasonably valued. You and know, demographics, it, you always point that and, out And of well. course the demographics. So, you know, we've tended to use healthcare as a tactical overweight in our portfolios for many years, technology as well. And right now, when I think about, you know, the various sectors and, and countries and the rest, uh, the U.S. continues to be an overweight for us. But international equities do look attractive on a relative basis, particularly when you look at the dividend yields over there. Folks, are you confident with your investment and retirement planning partner? If you aren't with anybody, is it time to put a fee-only fiduciary on your side? This team is experienced, knowledgeable, professional. We've seen these conditions before. Everything on this show is free to consume. We believe in education. When you're a client of Annex Wealth Management, you see the entire picture. AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, May 29th. We're going to be right back, 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. If you just came in late on the show, this show is going to be on at 1 o'clock on the Annex Wealth Management Spotify channel. A little bit later on on the show, one of our most popular segments, Brandon Lehman will be doing 
Millionaire Myths, and he now joins me live in the studio. Hey, Brandon. Danny. What you got today? Well, I wanted to talk about you. We've had a lot of conversations over the last couple of weeks in terms of looking at your financial plan. You know, how does that fit? Understanding the markets and really more of a review of the plan, necessarily investments. But then we started talking tax. We started talking options. We, we talked a lot. The whole enchilada. The whole enchilada. But what we haven't talked about, and I think is very important and still needs to be discussed, is estate planning. And yes, it's It's a broad topic. There's a lot of things going on there. But what we need to talk about is, are you reviewing? What are you doing? Have you had those conversations? Have you looped everyone in? And I think this is where it's annexed and obviously biased here, but, you know, we can loop everybody in. And what does that mean, right? It's talking to the attorney. It's talking to your accountant. It's talking with us, the investment strategist and the financial planners, crossing all those paths, being the quarterback and saying, does this fit? How does it fit the current laws? That is really what is a really important thing to have all that quarterback and brought together. Safe to say that people should be as passionate about their estate planning as they are in building their assets and building their plan for retirement. Oh, exactly. And why it's so important is because a lot of folks go, oh, I did that. Yeah, but when did you do that? What does it mean? What has changed in your life? Kids have grown up all of those different scenarios we need to review. And at Annex, we actually have a process where we're going to review that every maybe three to five years if everything has stayed the same, but changes, all right, we got to get on top of this right now, see what it means. Things change so very, very quickly. My estate plan right now, I think it was written up when our boys were in high school, and now I just found out last week I'm going to be a grandfather. Congratulations. Yeah, so it's that kind of stuff, and it's those kinds of things that we really want to help with. Brandon Lehman is Director of Branch Development at Annex Wealth Management. Again, want to stick around for his millionaire myths, one of my favorites. I appreciate it, Danny. Thanks for joining us. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. We invite you to know the difference. The website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Going to be right back on 92.5 Fox News. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference? This is a team segment. Annex is made up of in-house subject matter experts, investments, planning, taxes, estates, and a whole lot more. Deanne Phillips is wealth manager, CFP. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Danny. Randy Winkler, a manager, financial planning, and a CFP and a home brewer now. Welcome back. Thanks, Danny. We're going to talk about getting the number right when it comes to spending in retirement. What's the right way to determine that number, and how can overspending and underspending be prevented? Deanne, when does that number usually emerge in the process for our clients? When people first come in, no matter where they are relative to retirement, they kind of want to see if they're on track. So if it's really before retirement, we have to do some assumptions based on what they're currently spending. But really, it's the closer they get to retirement. So it's within that spitting distance, you know, when they've got that that date in mind. So it could be two years out, one year out, or it could just be pending. What we like to do is take that number that they're currently spending back into that number and then separate it out between the expenditures that they have to have, their living expenses, and what they think they want to do extra in retirement. If you understand that your have-tos are met, you're okay. 
Randy, you're our self-proclaimed spreadsheet geek. Does the number jump out at you? Well, we very often see somebody who comes in for the first time that we haven't worked with. They really have no idea what they're spending, but they think they do. Very common we'll see where somebody's take-home pay is uh, at, for a family is, say, 250000 and they think they're spending fifty. So we say, are you saving two hundred? No, no, it's all gone. So we have to work with them to determine what that number is because it's probably the most important number of the entire financial plan. It's kind of the fuel. If you don't have enough fuel to get where you want to go, you're going to run out of gas. Deanna, have you seen the number being a surprise for most? Oh, definitely. It is a surprise. You know, sometimes for some people, that B word budgeting is kind of a dirty word. And we get people that say, I have never thought of about a budget in my life. Remember, when we go into retirement, we're doing a seismic psychological change from putting money away from ourselves to tapping into that money and spending it. And that can be daunting for some people. So people tend to have a couple of different reactions. And Randy, what I see sometimes is people getting scared to tap into that at all. You know, they think, no, I I, I can't spend any of that. And so they find themselves really scrimping and saving and really not enjoying the beginning of their retirement or the reverse. They feel like, woohoo, I've got this cash flow now. And it surprises them how much they end up spending during that honeymoon period of retirement. We see both all the time. The first one, it's like when you're a really good saver, the muscle for spending atrophies. You can't do it. We have some clients that we have to say, Spend some money, you know. You know, there's a saying: you'll never see a U-Haul getting pulled behind a hearse. You're not going to win the prize for dying with the most assets. Now, if you have legacy goals, we work with that. But for a lot of people, it's like, hey, you can spend money. You've dedicated your whole life to this process. You've built up a nice nest egg. Let's enjoy it. So, Randy, with our plans, do we usually recommend a yearly or a monthly spend number? Oh, that's a great question, Danny. We like to see yearly because it smooths out some of the bumps. You know, a lot of people are shocked that when December rolls around and they have Christmas expenses because it's a, it's a different expense than you have during the rest of the year. You know, you got your vacation in summer. You might have insurance premiums that come up. So it's good to take a look at a monthly basis, but you want to annualize that to uh, take into account the things that only happen once a year. Deanne, we talked about people tending to spend a little bit past reasonable expectations. How often do you see that? At the beginning, during that what we call honeymoon period, right at the beginning of retirement, we see it a lot. People underassume their spending for eating, drinking, and being merry. You know, all of a sudden, you're not working anymore, and you have time to spend with, if you're part of a couple, your significant other, or with friends, with family. And we tend to do that through dining out, going out, entertaining, and that costs money. So people often will come back and say, wow, I had no idea I was spending that much on entertainment. Now, that is discretionary expenditure. So that's kind of a muscle you can flex and, and you know pull back on a little bit, too. When you're doing the go-go part of retirement, though, mm-hmm. I mean, people tend to, they want to go-go, and sometimes they cost money. Well, they do, and that's okay. So, Danny, right, what you're referring to are the go-go years, the first kind of decade, almost really, in retirement, and then the slow-go years, right, that transition as we age, and then the no-go years. But really, in terms of spending, we don't lighten up on the spending as we age, because if we think about it, healthcare expenditures could be a little bit more during that time period. Randy, you started to touch on it, but is it possible to underspend in retirement? Oh, definitely. Definitely. A lot of people have been saving their whole lives and they don't know how to spend and they don't know what's a safe number. So for someone who's just looking at the portfolio, you've got a million dollars, you have $10 million. How much of that can you spend? It's kind of an unknown unless you have a financial plan. With a financial plan and with all of the other tools we have, we can say, okay, you can spend X amount of dollars per year, and it's going to be sustainable long term. And then we can take a look at that. Which side of it are they on? If we say, hey, 75000 is a sustainable spending number for you, and you're spending 100000 
you're probably looking at a pay cut. If you're spending 50, you just got to raise. No, I remember sitting with people saying, Mrs. Smith, you're a millionaire. You know, it's it just can't sink into some people because in certain generations there's this fear of being a burden. You know, there's this fear of running out of money. And so that is larger sometimes and looms larger than getting our arms around the little spends, which is why it's an important exercise to look at a spreadsheet, to kind of sit down with a planner, to separate out those expenditures, make sure that your have to bucket is filled. So that you know your day-to-day expenditures in retirement are taken care of no matter what the market does. They're not tied to the stock market going crazy, right? And so then you can carve out those extra discretionary expenditures. And we as planners can encourage a little bit more spending. A lot of people, when they're in their working years, they know exactly what's coming in. They've got their paycheck and that's what they're spending. When you get to retirement, they're taking money out of their portfolio. It's not as easy to say, hey, I get X amount of dollars. You're making a decision on what you take. And it's affected by taxes. When you start Social Security, you have to pay for Medicare. There's a whole bunch of other things that factor in there. But we can come to you and tell you, this is the number that works for you. It's very challenging to do, but with the tools we have, we do that every day. Seems the moral of the story is get a plan, get that number, and stick to the number and work with a strong financial planning partner who is a fiduciary and whose only goal is to help you succeed. That's what we do here. Deanne, thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. Randy, back to your spreadsheets. Happy to get back to them. At Annex Wealth Management, we put our money where our heart is. With the Annex Charitable Foundation, we strive to support difference makers in local communities and organizations to help them succeed. That's part of the difference. Learn more at Annex Charitable Foundation. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? We took a call recently on a radio show, and the caller was a couple of years away from retirement. And he asked an interesting question. Basically, it was, so when should I get in and talk with you guys? If I remember correctly, he was like 62, something like that. Right, Mark Beck? Yeah, that was a good call. And I remember my answer there was, you should be starting to build this relationship as soon as you're ready. And what do I mean by ready? When you're ready for advice. And I think that's important. So wherever you are, when you get to that spot where you're thinking about, should I be getting some advice? That is the spot to be starting. Mark Beck is Managing Director of Wealth Management Services, Annex Wealth Management. When I heard that, I thought about where he was on the path and how we'd have a different planning process with him than, say, somebody in their 30s or 40s, or maybe somebody in their 70s. And that is custom and comprehensive wealth management and planning, right? It certainly is. Other people would answer that you should start as early as possible. And I think the problem with that answer is some people aren't ready. So when you're younger, maybe you're not thinking about it big picture. You should be starting to save, but maybe you're not ready for advice. So across that spectrum, though, planning can look different. At Annex Wealth Management, we'll meet you where you're at, and it's different for everybody. Mark, let's say somebody engages Annex Wealth Management in their 30s or 40s. What is our process with them? So 30s and 40s, what we're looking for here is starting to establish habits and targets. So it's a little bit harder to talk to somebody that's, you know, 40 years old and say, okay, pin down exactly when you're going to retire and exactly what you need for living expenses, because they're thinking all of these things are going to change so much between now and maybe when I'm 65 years old. But what we can do is back into that and say, here's what you're on track for right now. And if you want the target to look a little bit different, then we need to make some adjustments. So effective use of resources, establish great savings habits, make sure that we're investing well, make sure that you know what you're on track to accomplish over time, and think about big picture goals. That's kind of where you want to be in your 30s and 40s. Okay, next step, somebody's in their 50s. They've been working longer, their kids might be in college. Retirement is looming in the distance, but not so far away. 
You know, 50s is where we start to think about what's next. What are the things I've been missing or what can I do that's beyond the basics I have been accomplishing? So we might have a little bit more income. We might be moving beyond just max funding 401ks, for example, and start to build some additional investment savings elsewhere. You know, you're probably executing on college strategies at this point and getting people kind of through that and making sure that the family is, you know, successful and financially secure and in those kinds of things. So now those targets are becoming a little bit more tangible, but again, we're building a little more sophistication into how we're building the nesting. Then let's get to that caller who was just a couple of years away from retirement. Somebody comes to us at that point in their life. How is it different or what are we working on with them? It starts to feel like it's all coming together at this point. So now we're building sort of the transition plan. Okay, so I'm a couple of years from retirement. Where's my income going to come from? What do I need to do to prepare? What are some of the decision-making points I'm going to need to hit? And how do I get ready for those kinds of things? Are there different sequences of events that I can put together that are going to you know, benefit me, that are going to help move the needle in my favor? And that's everything from which accounts I'm going to count on first, to the tax planning ramifications of that, to preparing for health insurance and where it comes from, and of course, to preparing for things like making good social security decisions. Mark Beck is Managing Director of Wealth Management Services at Annex Wealth Management. We meet our clients where they're at. And I know we work with new clients who are already retired. What happens when that happens? And there's maybe an existing plan from somewhere else, or maybe because of poor service or lack of connection, they come to us, or maybe not a plan at all. Oftentimes not a plan at all. We do see that. Uh, You know, it has happened occasionally where someone has been getting some financial planning advice. They're looking for something a little bit deeper or more engaging than sort of the superficial level that maybe they've been experiencing. It's easy for us when you've got your current financial plan because all the data, Mm. the inputs basically are right there. So that's sort of the raw materials we can take that and really start to work with it. But moving the needle in terms of doing the math in this type of situation, you're already retired. Are you really thinking about planning ahead for, you know, the tax ramifications of required distributions, you know, the charitable aspect of things like qualified charitable distributions? You know, all of that really becomes, you know, so important in that phase. And if you're already retired, folks, don't think it's too late at all. We want to see you. Well, absolutely. And even in those retirement years, there are so many really cool things that we help people with that are impactful. And that's beyond just, by the way, managing the investment portfolio. A big part of what we do, steer, manage, and help people towards best outcome, which means help manage your kind of psychology of investing. How do we do that? Build the framework around it well in advance of market volatility. So protect liquidity, for example. Where's the short-term money come from? Build the income buckets. Make sure you stay focused on the growth where the growth needs to be. And therefore, no anxiety around market volatility. My dad came to Annex in his 80s. He had moved back to be near my sister and I, and I felt it was important he have a fiduciary working on his stuff. That isn't uncommon either. No, it's not. And actually, that one, I would say, is becoming more and more common. Oftentimes, by the way, this is clients that you know are in those retirement years, and now they're bringing their parents, and they're saying, hey, can you help? This is a really satisfying area for me in particular to work. A couple of reasons. Number one, Because they're working with a fiduciary, we can really help them kind of stay out of harm's way. This is where there is the possibility of making really bad mistakes or being taken advantage of. You don't want that to happen. And number two, the peace of mind that comes with somebody helping them consolidate, clean up, organize, know what's going on, know where things are headed, and therefore being prepared for the transitions that are going to come at some point in our lives. 
We want to meet you where you're at for investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button and start the wealth metric process. Mark Beck, Managing Director, Wealth Management Services. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Sure, there are market updates, but learn something new and interesting with the Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. We'll go beyond the usual topics and dig in deep on developing and breaking stories. Catch them all on Spotify. Search Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. So when you go to our website, AnnexWealth.com, you're going to see a lot of things. Number one, you're going to see the Get Started button. That's a good idea. You're going to see a section called What We Do that explains everything that Annex Wealth Management does little section called The Difference. We think that's extremely important. If you want to see what some of us look like, uh, you can go to the team part. But also is the Ask Annex button, and that's where we're at right now. Randy Winkler, a CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, is back to help. Hey. Hey, Danny. Sarah Kyle, a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Thanks, Danny. Ready to rock, you guys? You bet. First one is a text question. New to Social Security, is there always a COLA, and what is it pegged to? I guess first we'll explain what a COLA is. Sure. Well, a COLA is the cost of living adjustments. And those annual COLAs began in 1975, where there have only been three times since the adjustment started that it was 0%. That was in 2009, 2010, and 2015. So I can't say there's always going to be a COLA, but there's a pretty good chance there will be. On the COLAs, they're pegged to what's called CPIW. Now, this is a mouthful. Consumer Price Index for Urban Wage Earners and Clerical Workers. Putting it simple, it basically measures the price change in a basket of goods and services, such as food, energy, medical care, just to name a few. Yeah, and it's interesting that the years that there wasn't a COLA, that was during the period where we had very, very low inflation. Exactly. Next one is from Tim, retiring next year at 64. House needs projects, roof, deck. How do I plan for those expenses in retirement, not worried about retirement cash flow? Well, I probably sound like a broken record, but I always go back to the financial plan. So if you have a financial plan, you can build in. We have these expenses coming up. There's, We just met with someone recently who has a very large vacation expense every year in retirement. We kind of layer that in. And once we figure out, does it work in the plan, we determine how do we fund that in the most tax-efficient, cost-efficient way. If we're taking these out of the IRA, you're going to pay income taxes. Taking them out of the Roth, probably not paying anything. Taking out of the market right now, when you're in an individual brokerage account or joint account, probably down. Might not be a great time. Might be a good time to look at a home equity line of credit. Do you have money in cash? So first of all, does it work in the financial plan? And then what's the best way to make it work? Have you tried hiring anybody for anything lately? He's going to have to wait till next year. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, good point. Maybe, maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> next one is from Eddie. What's your opinion of using a HELOC since rates are rising? Explain HELOC. Well, that's a home equity line of credit. So it's kind of like you've got your mortgage. This is a second mortgage, but it's just available money that you have. We really like those with a caveat. It's not like a credit card. If you have a credit card with a high balance, some people will max out their credit card. You don't want to max out your home equity line of credit. You use it when appropriate. So for his question, uh, what's our opinion of using it with rates rising? I, I think they're great to have. They can act like an emergency fund. And going back to our previous question, it might be the best use for whatever these home projects are. So if you're looking at all of these things, let's say you've got a lot of money in accounts that you're going to pay taxes or the market's down, or you don't have any cash, maybe this is the cheapest money you have to use right now, and you could pay it back when the market recovers. So it gives you a lot of flexibility, but I always like to be careful, don't abuse it. Don't 
just use it all up because, hey, I've, I'm, I've got all this cash. You have to pay it back. It's Ask Annex. Got a question? You head to our website. Look for the Ask button. Our website is AnnexWealth.com. This one is from James. Can you explain the wash rule? Hey, James. Yes, I can explain the wash rule. And this is actually one of the more confusing rules when it comes to reporting capital gains and losses. A wash rule, by definition, is the sale and the purchase of the same or similar security. The wash sale rule basically says when you sell a security at a loss, you must wait 30 days before or after that sale before buying the same or substantial substantially similar stock back. Otherwise, you cannot claim that tax loss. So for example, let's say you buy a stock at $10 and it goes down to $5. You sell it for a loss and then it goes down to $3 a few days later and you still really like the stock so you buy it back. Now you triggered a wash sale and you can't claim that $5 loss. However, if you wait 30 days to buy that stock back, then you can't claim that $5 tax loss. The IRS basically instituted this because they don't want people taking the tax loss but still owning the stock. And our last one on Ask Annex is from Chet. I don't have access to an HSA. Is there an alternative? Well, this is kind of a funny one because at first, uh, as I was looking at this question, I said, no, there is no alternative because HSAs are just so outstanding. There kind of is, but it's a really, how did you put it before, an um, ugly cousin? It's the the homely cousin. (laughs) The homely cousin. The homely cousin. So there's something called an FSA or a flexible spending account. These have been around a really long time. They're okay. You can put away money tax deferred. It comes out tax free if you use it for uh, medical expenses, but you have to use up most of it by the end of the year. You can carry over a little bit. So it's a kind of a use it or lose it thing. So with that in mind, it does not give you the opportunity to invest it. An HSA gives you the flexibility. If you're using it currently, keep it in cash. If you're not using it, you can invest it for all of the benefits we've talked about many times before on this show. The FSA Still a great benefit if it's all that you have, but you've got to use it up and do not invest it for that short time period. Yeah, you'll notice that doctor's offices get really busy at the end of the year. And most of them are because all the surgeries that are scheduled, they want to get those in before that FSA money expires. It's that mad scramble. Mm -hmm. Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. You're welcome. Randy Winkler, CFP and a Wealth Manager. Thank you. Sure, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back. 92.5 Fox News. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Every generation has a unique set of challenges, especially for retirement. We have clients who are from the greatest generation, baby boomers, Gen Xers, and millennials. And during this segment... We're going to concentrate on millennials. To do that, we've got two millennials from the Annex staff to discuss this. Tom Burkholz is a CFP and a financial planning specialist at Annex. Welcome back, Tom. Hey, Danny. Ryan Lundin is a CFP and a wealth manager with our Annex Ignite program. First time joining us, right? Uh, good to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Danny. Thanks for jumping on. Hey, guys, what's your reaction to this? According to a recent survey by Voya Financial, 73% of millennials agreed or strongly agreed that they're worried about the impact of inflation on their ability to save enough for retirement. Additionally, 57% of millennials agreed or strongly agreed they'll need to delay retirement due to inflation. Tom, are you hearing that? Yeah, I mean, that is a that's an incredibly low large percentage of millennials, but certainly excited to talk about it today. It's, inflation's a hot topic right now, so ready to get into it. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where a lot of this comes down to is millennial generation just doesn't have a great understanding of their financial plan and their budget to take the time and resources to look at that. So that's something that we definitely assist with with our, our clients in that area. When you guys are hanging out, is this something that your peer group talks about? 
Yeah, to be honest with you, most of my friends and millennials are, there's way less discussion around the inflation and a lot more conversation around the stock market pullback recently. So a lot of my friends have told me that they're increasing their 401k contributions or finally buying individual stocks that they've been eyeing up at these lower prices. But of course, there's discussion around the, the rising gas prices and things like that. But I think if we all zoom out, we understand that inflation has historically averaged around 3%. And yeah, right now we're experiencing a spike in higher inflation, but hopefully that'll kind of revert back to the mean here. We're going to roll through a list of six things to consider for successful retirement planning for millennials. And the first is is to avoid lifestyle inflation. You can call it lifestyle creep. Jobs get bigger. Paychecks get bigger. It's easy to fall into a trap where you got to kind of keep up with the Joneses. It's one of those aspects where you kind of, again, have to understand your budget. When you get those pay increases, which is fantastic, you pretty much budgeted and allocated yourself with that current paycheck prior to getting that salary increase. So utilize that to increase your contributions, either into a defined contribution plan or some other investment. Yeah, and I've certainly seen this lifestyle inflation in my own life. You know, as I've earned more, I've certainly started to spend more. But I tend to focus on the things that are a little bit more consequential, those larger one-time purchases and decisions that can really be detrimental. So for example, a brand new car. Do you really need that brand new car? Because I've heard the excuse, you know, my current beater's nickel and diming me, so I'm just going to go out and buy this new car. But the reality is that new car made nickel and dime you as well. It's just in terms of depreciation, which we've all heard of. How about prioritizing tax advantage accounts? get what to actually invest in. We look at those three buckets, those pre-tax, those post-tax, and those taxable accounts. And it's just trying to get an understanding of what your potential income is going to be later on in life, what it is currently, to take advantage of the most tax-efficient resource for you. But that's an ongoing aspect. Another suggestion for millennials to follow is the 50-30-20 rule. I haven't heard of it, but here's how it breaks down. 50% of your income are for needs. That's housing, food, transportation, minimum debt payments. 30% of your income goes to wants. 20% of your income goes to savings. Does that stack up? Right, yeah. Like you mentioned, the idea with this rule of thumb is it, it splits your paycheck into needs, wants, and savings. And I do think this is a great rule of thumb for someone, especially someone who's just starting out their journey on tracking their finances. Another rule of thumb that I, I like is to simplify it even more, just save 15% of your paycheck from the moment you graduate and get that first job till retirement, and hopefully you'll never have to worry about money in that case. Developing this model is already getting 50, 30, 20, or, or some other aspect that's going to be beneficial for you in order to develop a savings strategy. So obviously you can look forward to, to utilizing those needs, wants, and wishes later in life. Six things to consider for successful retirement planning for millennials. Tom Burkholz, a CFP and a financial planning specialist at Annex. Ryan Lundin, a CFP and a wealth manager. How about being consistent? I guess that means just staying in, not getting out. Yeah, we've all heard of time in the market versus timing the market. Another thing that I've seen with my millennial friends who have approached me is they're all concerned about their allocation and picking the perfect 401k allocation. But in my opinion, at the beginning, it's just about your contribution percentage. And you can always tweak your allocation along the way, rebalance and things like that. But savings rate is very important. Be consistent. It's one of those aspects that it's hard to do, but once you initially get it rolling and get it done, it's a lot easier. It's kind of like anything else. Ryan, do you find that you need to sometimes suggest to people that it's okay to take a little risk when they're younger? They've got such a long runway, right? Yeah, it's one of those aspects where it's a little bit scary when obviously you see a little bit more volatility, but when you're younger, it's, it's one of those things that you need to understand what that actually means. When are you going to utilize those resources, the growth that's going to be associated with it, and making small changes make a dramatic impact. And risk, Tom, is that more like just staying in equities rather than, than other like fixed income? When you're in your 20s and 30s, you've got time. Right, exactly. I've had younger family members approach me about 
investing and they're saying, you know, I want to invest. I just don't want to lose any money. And so it's that classic. They want all of the upside and none of the downside. And in reality, we know investing doesn't typically work like that. So you do have to take some risk to get that return. And hopefully over time, things will smooth out and the short term downside is outweighed by the long side upside. Hey, Ryan, before we let you go, can you give us a quick elevator speech on Annex Ignite and why it would work for many millennials? Yeah, Annex Ignite is an online resource for individuals within that accumulation phase that want understanding of their financial plan, want some sort of investment resources to have those managed them themselves, but just haven't started yet. Everything is done online. We do it through Zoom meetings, email, and phone chats. But it's just one of those things to start developing those small changes that make big impacts later on in life. Ryan Lundin is CFP and a wealth manager with Annex Ignite. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Tom Burkholz, CFP, financial planning specialist at Annex. Appreciate your time. My pleasure. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back. 92.5 Fox News. Inflation isn't going away anytime soon. As the cost of everything from food to vacations to your electric bill rises, you may wonder if your retirement plans are still on track. Annex Wealth Management can help. It starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, our in-house planning team will create your wealth metric, a snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. Wealth metric will help you understand the impact inflation may have on your plans. Get started today. Visit AnnexWealth.com. We're back, 92.5 Fox News with Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Just joined us. This show is going to be on the Annex Wealth Management Spotify channel at 1 o'clock. I'm seeing lots of downloads, so I appreciate that. I'm Danny Clayton. Dave Spano is our president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Last week, we talked about basketball. And uh, this week, let's talk about fishing because you are an avid fisherman. Well, you know, it's, it's it has some connection to investing as well, right? So uh, I was out with a friend of mine, and uh, we, were, we were not having a lot of success, and he said something which was on point, which is the fish didn't climb out of the intercoastal and into the mangroves. They're still in the water, right? And that's the connection to investing is that the money is still sloshing around. People are moving maybe from energy to you know cyclicals or cyclicals to financials. The money is staying in the market, maybe going into cash, but it's not leaving. People aren't taking it out and spending it. So that money is going to be reallocated at some point. So remember that you know the money is the money. Is still there. It's in the markets. The fish haven't climbed out of the intercoastal. They're still there. And so therefore, folks, investing is about the long term. This is not about trading. This is about investing. So get your plan together and we can help. You built this place a long time ago, deciding that you want to put a team concept together more than just a, a guy. Yeah, it has to be about a team. And I realized a long time ago, I'm never the smartest guy in the room, but we're surrounded by great people, CPAs, estate planning lawyers, CFAs, PhDs. They're all on the team and we're all available to help you. All of those people are putting the work in for you folks as our clients. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning, entire teams ready for you, building those plans using the power of the entire team. Most important part, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary, talking about complete fee transparency. We'd love to hear from you next week. Our website is AnnexWealth.com. Just click that Get Started button. Talk to you soon. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Looking for more? The Annex team produces original audio and video content to teach, inform, and demonstrate how we think and operate on behalf of our clients. Visit the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel and explore. Just search Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Brandon Lehman, a wealth manager and director of branch development at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Danny, good to see you. 
According to Fidelity's Millionaire Outlook study, the vast majority of millionaires, 82%, are self-made. They didn't inherit money. They built their wealth themselves. Let's talk about that because we have a list of millionaire myths, and I'm sure you've run into some. Oh, yeah. There's quite a few stories out there of, you know, what do you need to do, how you are. And, and one of the biggest ones to me kind of jumps into number one there, and I'll let you run with it. But it's really important. It's not what you make. It's what you keep. And I think this must be frustrating for people that have achieved millionaire status. Let's go with number one. If you have a high salary, you are set for life. You would think that. And, and sometimes that's kind of the myth out there is you make a lot of money, you're going to have a lot of money. But really, some people grow into that income. They grow into that high salary and they actually don't save. They want to keep up with the Joneses. But really, it's there are certain individuals who have sat down and said, you know what, to be a millionaire, I do have a high salary, but I am going to save this. I'm going to save that. Diligently focused on saving as much as they could to better themselves for retirement. And that's really what they're concerned with. A lot of millionaires, it's not the now. It's when can I finally retire? And you'll see later on in some of these myths that it's actually a lot later in life, they work harder. Fidelity study found that on average, 31% of millionaires' salaries go to savings. So, right, they're putting in. Yeah, that is their number one goal is just to put away to put away. Millionaire myth number two, it's all luck. That is very much a myth because a lot of the folks that we talk to here at Annex have worked extremely hard. They put in long hours, long nights, long days, time away from their family to build this legacy, not just for themselves, but sometimes for their family. They're doing it and they're putting in the time and the effort to get to where they want to be. Millionaire myth number three, you have to make all your money before you retire. See, that one is great to me because when I think about it, there are so many people that I've met throughout my career that were not millionaires before they retired, but they went into retirement and they did two things. First off, they continued to remain invested. They didn't do bring it all down, be cautious, be safe. They said, you know what? We have a long time frame. some situations, 30 plus years in retirement. We need to keep this growing for us. The second thing they did is they watched their spending. Seeing a common theme here. They watched how much they were spending and where their dollars were going. Millionaire myth number four, you must have a fancy college degree. That is extremely inaccurate. While it does help to have a great degree from a Harvard, a Yale, things like that, you know, the vast majority of people do not. They are self-made millionaires who have gone out and started a business and put in the time, put in the effort, and were able to find a niche or an opportunity to grow that business. The key is they put in the effort, they put in the work, and they strived so hard and put so much forth to grow their wealth to reach that millionaire status. You know the classic book from the 80s. I read it, The Millionaire Next Door. I think one of the best lines I've ever heard is, you know, the farmer next door yep. really is a millionaire, a yep. multimillionaire now with you look at land prices and where they're at. But, you know, they, they work hard, they save their money, and they don't overspend. Millionaire myth number five, they work for big banks, law firms, and tech companies. Well, some of them do. Yep. Yeah, there's, they definitely do. But the vast majority do not. You know, you look at it, 66% of millionaires own their own business. They start out, they have nothing. They, they pour their heart and soul into this, whatever business they have, whether it's owning a paper printing company or a clothing store, whatever they, they do, they pour their heart and soul into it. And it takes years. And that's what people don't see is all those years of sweat equity that they put into it. The famous thing I've always seen on LinkedIn, I, I love LinkedIn, is you see the 
the pyramid of the first, second, and third place, and they're standing in the first place position. But underneath that pyramid, under the ground, is all that sweat equity, that work they put in over 10, 15, 20, 30 plus years to build that business. Millionaire myth number six, success comes easily and early. Oh, that's a great one. One, nothing in life is easy when it comes to hard work. But the second thing that is extremely important is you're seeing the age of millionaires get older and older because they are working harder and working longer. Maybe 70 is the new 55, but they continue to strive and they diversify their income streams. This is one that has always been interesting to me when I sit down and meet with millionaires and specifically business owners. The one thing I always notice is the same across the board. They own the business, but then they own the building in a separate business in which the business is housed, the business pays them rent. So they're able to diversify their income streams. And then if they sell the business, maybe they keep the building. That is a common one you see as well. We got two more. Millionaire myth number seven, they don't have anything to worry about. That is a big myth because everybody has the same thing to worry about and it's always health. A lot of these folks, especially small business owners, have put everything behind them just to make sure their business takes off. A lot of people have put everything they can into their business and kind of pushed off their health. And that's something we tend to see too. These small business owners have worked so hard and they've forgotten about taking care of themselves. And that's a big concern when they come in here. They say, you know, I've worked 30, 40 years. It's time for me to take care of myself. The other thing is, you know, how do they leave money behind? A legacy is so important to a lot of these folks. They want to take care of their family, take care of their kids. And then just financial security. You work, 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 save, save, save. And then at some point that flips and now you're not saving, you're withdrawing. And that's a scary moment for a lot of folks. And the millionaire myth number eight, the final, they've got their future all figured out. That's the reason we're around. They come in here, they are experts at what they do. And I, and I say this all the time. They are the subject matter experts or in the military, we call it, they're the SMEs in their area. But there's other areas where they're just not as comfortable. So they come to Annex and they sit down with us because we can bring all those teams to them. We bring the experts in the tax, we bring the experts in the estate, we bring the experts in the planning and the investment. This way, they don't have to worry about having it figured out because they know they have a team behind them to figure it out for them, and they can worry about the things they want to do and take care of their health, their family, and their future. We are ready to assist investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning as a fee-only fiduciary. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your time. Danny, thank you. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Know the difference, folks. It's one team, one plan, one fee. In the studio, Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer. Dave Spano, President, CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks, Danny. And uh, Derek and I were just talking uh, between commercials here about how things may have changed. And we both started in this business in the 1980s. And we really have seen interest rates on the decline for nearly 50 years now. And is this going to change right now? The Federal Reserve was doing what was called quantitative easing. In other words, putting money 
into the system. And now they're changing policy to quantitative tightening. And there's a whole lot of people in this business who haven't seen that before, Derek. Well, that's that's absolutely right. And in fact, when you think about the taper tantrum in 2016, the, the sharp pullback we saw in 2018, uh, the belief then was, you know, and, and even the pandemic, we saw V bottoms. And the reason we saw a V bottom was the Fed was there to basically provide support to, to caution, you know, investors from being overly negative by, by putting liquidity into the system. The Fed put. Right. So the question this time is, if we were to see further weakness, like, for example, when we were within a whisker of a 20% decline in the S&P 500, we didn't hear anything from the Fed. So that suggests to me that if they are going to change policy based on stock market, it's going to take a much larger stock market decline to trigger that kind of response. You know, that just says to us, you know, obviously, this artificial intelligence certainly kicked in when it got to 19.9%. Who cares if it's 19.9 or 20.1 between you and I? But of course, the markets kicked in, right? We got that number and you and I chuckled about it last week. But there is some really good green shoots, as they say. And one of them, of course, is unemployment. Unemployment still is a really positive sign in this country. And that could mitigate some of the recessionary fears. It absolutely could. We know household balance sheets are in in reasonably good shape. Uh, We know they have more cash than they have debt on the on the balance sheet. Uh, So consumers are in a position to spend. I mean, psychology, of course, can have an effect on that. We saw a weaker consumer confidence index on Friday, but I believe much of that is related to the price of gasoline, you know, and potentially some of the negative headlines we've seen in in Ukraine and, you know, shootings in Texas and so on. But, you know, at, at the bottom, at the end of the day, we have to make asset allocation decisions. And right now, equities are more reasonably valued than they've been since the beginning of the year. Fixed income has provided better returns for people. They can actually now get a, a yield from their CD or their treasury bond. So that's in some ways a good thing. And you just have to be balanced and, and take a broad look at what you believe the underlying dynamics are. And in our opinion, the base case is we will avoid a recession, but that could obviously change if something were to happen overseas to the price of oil or something else. Right. So the, it's handicapped by most economists between 33% to as high as 50% chance. Obviously, that's a flip of the coin at 50%. But there is a lot that goes into that. And Derek made a really strong argument of why asset allocation is so important. And each asset allocation is different. Someone comes in and says, well, I've got a 60-40 split or I have a 70-30 split. Well, what they have or maybe they did themselves or their insurance agent, whoever put this t- together for them, could look substantially different than once you lift up the hood and look under the engine. And that's something we do on a daily basis. Right. We meet every Tuesday as an investment committee, always a spirited discussion. Uh, we, we tend to make... Uh, Why are you looking at me like that? Spirited is healthy. Well, I mean, that's the Sicilian in you. I mean, that's what, that's exactly a, right. You know, no one's going to take that out of you. But in any event, it's always a good conversation. We all have different views and viewpoints. And we you know, tend- Derek, you should see uh, you should see what dinner is like on Sundays afternoons at our house. We're just we're not arguing. We're just having a nice conversation. So uh, anyways, arms waving in the air. We're trying to make a point. Sorry, sorry, Derek. Go ahead. All right. Well, but but my basic point is that by having you know collective wisdom, it's not groupthink. It's really challenging each other and our assumptions. You know, Todd Void has a different way of looking at things than I do. You have a different way of looking at things than I do. But collectively, we respect each other's judgment. So when you say something I don't agree with, I at least try to figure out why I don't. Um, I'm usually right, but but by, by and large, that's the way I approach it. And as a group, I think we've done a nice job, you know, certainly managing fixed income portfolios in this period of uncertainty, as well as making asset allocation decisions. Yeah, we're not arguing. He's just trying to tell me why he's right. There's a big difference in that, uh, Danny. But I'll tell you, that is exactly why we have the show, the exactly the reason why we try to educate our listeners. 
Derek, thanks for coming in today. Derek Felscare, Chief Investment Officer. Thank you, Danny. Appreciate it, Dave. Same with you. Happy Memorial Day to folks, you and all our listeners. Folks, it is Memorial Day weekend. It is not a typical holiday. You know, for many, it's the unofficial start of the summer. But at Annex, we realize it's about remembering those who paid that ultimate sacrifice so we can live in the greatest country on the planet. It's a painful time for many. Keep that in mind during get-togethers, cookouts, and time with family. We're closed on Monday to observe the holiday. We'd love to talk to you next week. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, one team, one plan, one fee, folks. It is time. The offer stands. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Know the difference. That's our goal. It can be yours as well. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. For Dave and Derek and the rest of the Annex team, I'm Danny Clayton. See you back here next Sunday. Noon, right here, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.